And welcome in to the main event sports show. I am your host, Rashawn Myers, being joined in studio by my man, the myth, the legend, Imperial Real Rail. What's going on with you, Rail? Man, maintaining, man. Another day, another show, man. You Absolutely. Know, we're going to talk about the debacle that is Ooh. U of L. Yeah. Hey, you know what? There's a whole lot to talk about with that, too, my brother. And of course, uh, we will also be joined by the architect himself. Mr. Ace of the Izzo, Haven Harrington III, will be joining us via satellite from the land of the Seminoles down in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be joining, uh, he'll be joining in, and we have, like you said, so much to get into. Uh, Ill Will is on assignment tonight. He will not be in, uh, but he will be back next week so he can call me an idiot again at some point, I'm sure. Because <laughs> you're unintelligent. You ain't giving up no education. I know, you, you know, see what I'm saying? So, uh, but no, Will will be back, but uh, we got so much to get into, Rel. Let's go ahead and just jump straight into it, man. Got to talk about this University of Louisville Cardinal football team. We, we talked about last week that we needed to see a team come out and put their foot on the throat of EKU. Just give me your general thoughts on what you saw out there last Saturday. I saw a, a bunch of players with talent that really can't jail in this coaching scheme. They have the inability to really show how talented they truly are because they have a coach that is scared. Like, he, he plays scared. All of his plays are, you know, minimal at best. When And then another thing is when you go four for 14 on third down as a team, that's, that's unacceptable. That means that you have... They were worse than EKU on third down. Yes. EKU was, uh, what, they were four of 12. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were like four of 12. Yeah. But the thing is, if you have an inability to sustain drives, how are you able to win games? You know, in, in the post-game press conference, I actually got the opportunity to um, talk to Coach Scott Satterfield. And, and my question for him, it took them until, it took U L until the last minute of the first half to have their first sustained touchdown drive. Their first two touchdowns of the game were set up off uh, special teams errors. Uh, there was a muff punt by EKU, right. which set up their first touchdown, and then the punt return touchdown for their second touchdown by Braden Smith. Right. That's how they set up. But they didn't have a sustained drive where they actually took the ball, went and matriculated the ball down the field 60 or 70 yards for a touchdown until the end of the first half. Like, that can't happen. Especially if you're talking about a former 1AA team, an FCS team, you got to go out there and pretty much score a will, don't you? Yes, you do. You, you, you pretty much supposed to put up 50, 60, 56 to 63 points against this team and show that you're a dominant Division I team. But when you are barely putting up 30 against a AA Division team, that shows that it's either something wrong with the coaching staff, it's something wrong, with the talent that's on this team, or it's just something wrong in the university as a whole. Because for whatever reason, Scott Satterfield's players are not buying in to what it is that he's putting out there. See, people think it's a game. When you lose your locker room, when you lose the, 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 the trust of your players, they will stop playing for you. Yeah. They will stop playing. They will not care because they know 
Either way it goes, I still have a shot at going pro because I can show on my pro day that I'm capable of doing the things that I was unable to show where I was on this team that is now mediocre at best. I mean, coming off a three and nine season, mm -hmm. Satterfield really was supposed to prove himself at this point in time. And when you come out and you struggle against uh, EKU, and then you get manhandled by Ole Miss. This game against Central Florida that's coming up, if you guys don't show something better, I think they're going to show them the door. Well, and I think that a point that you made is uh, truly correct. I mean, I think the one thing that I've seen, and we touched on it last week, is just the fact that Scott Satterfield has had a tendency to coach scared, especially uh, well, and, and when we say coach scared, okay, it's not like they're literally fearful or they're afraid. What I mean by coach scared is they play very conservative. They play extremely conservative. Case in point, week one against Ole Miss, I feel like University of Louisville came out and tried to shorten the game by going slow, intentionally running down the play clock so they could keep, quote unquote, Ole Miss's offense off the field. Um, you know, then Coach Brian Brown met with the uh, media uh, yesterday and talked about the fact that, you know, they saw on film that Ole Miss beat teams over the top with deep throws. So that's why they had their defensive backs 15 yards off the line to keep from giving up the deep ball. Okay, first of all, Brian and, and, and Coach Brown, I, I love you. I understand that. But all we've heard is that the secondary was going to bring it this year. We heard about how great, um, you know, the secondary, how much improved they were. If you... Well, let me ask you something. You love NFL. You know the NFL. How do you, how do those defensive backs play in the league? They play aggressive. They play up on the up ball. Up on you, right? They play up on the ball. You know what I'm saying? They have five yards to be able to really get aggressive with you and let you know hey, it's not going to be an easy catch. So, I mean, the, the point being is that if Trey Clark and Chandler Jones are supposed to be that man, and these are guys who have aspirations of playing in the NFL, you're not going to be playing 15 yards off the ball playing you know, umbrella zone coverage at the next level. So if you really believe that these guys are that good, let them man up, let them get on the ball, and prove that they're not going to get beat over the top. Prove they have the foot speed and the agility to stay with their man. But to me, the University of Louisville already had that white flag out from the start of the game. Yeah, they, they were waving the white flag, and that's, and that's just what it is because I don't care how much time of possession you have. If you have an inability to score – and sustain drives, then you can own the time of possession because the other team's coming out there and they're scoring on you in two to three minute drives where you're taking five, six minute drives and barely getting away with a field goal. So it's like, I mean, honestly, what, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? I mean, if you look at it, I think, honestly, that the whole coaching staff really needs to be revamped. That's, I, I, you know, and... I think that, you know, one of the things, and y'all, let me tell you something. Uh, people that, that know me and know my backstory know that I started in the media game uh, as a columnist for InsideTheVille.com way back in uh, 04 is when I started writing articles for them. Um, I used to write articles for uh, Main Event Sports as well. I had put the pen down. I had not written an article in years. But let me tell you something. I had to actually pull out the pen rail and write a story about how exasperated, how afraid, how um, apprehensive the Louisville fan base is right now. Can you feel the tension right now? Like for a team that's one and one, 
Do you think the fan base deserves to be this upset and this afraid of what's going on right now? Yes. Yes, because if you look at it, Louisville is starting the same exact way that they have started for the past three seasons. You don't know what you're going to get with this team, and that's what's really bothering the fan base. It's like we have great talent. We have a great stadium. We have a, a city and a state that loves college football. So when they pride themselves on being Cardinal fans, and yet it's still the Cardinals come out and don't show the same pride in their own selves. Mm -hmm. It makes it hard for your fan base to get behind you. And then I hate to keep going back to it, but with him, close, sad as hell, <laughs> with him going out and saying, I would rather have the South Carolina job, that shows that you don't want to be here. And you know what? That's going to be the question uh, coming up on our next se segment for you as well as uh, Haven Harrington, the architect. We're going to ask, is this a must-win game? Hey, you are listening to the main event sports show, Rashawn Rail, and soon to come Haven Harrington on the Plug Network. Stay plugged in. And we are back on the main event sports show. And hey, I just want to remind everybody, make sure you go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search main event sports. Uh, we're doing an awesome giveaway where once we reach 1500 subscribers, you can get a free hat or t-shirt for two of our lucky winning, winning subscribers. So make sure you go out there. Once again, main event sports radio on YouTube, check out the YouTube channel, click subscribe, share it with your friends. Leave a comment. That's the only way we can get better is by getting as, mu as much feedback from the fans as possible. So uh, let me hear you. And now to bring in the man, the myth, the legend. You called down the thunder and he's here. Give it up for Mr. Haven Harrington coming live from Tallahassee, Florida. Haven, how you doing? Man, how's everybody doing, man? I'm, I'm doing really well, man. I'm doing really well. Can you um, down here in the, the background that he's sitting in? Like, like it just looks happy and sunshiny out there. Hey, you know, it was always good to be back with mom. You know, anytime you're home with mom, and you know, it's all good. She's doing better. She's healing fast. So, you know, it's all good. Now, granted, it has been raining ever since Saturday, since I've been here. But that's okay, because we all know the rain is really just the tears of FSU fans crying over that horrible loss to Jacksonville State. And, Haven, you just happened to be uh, be down there during that whole situation. How was that received there locally? I know it's not Louisville sports, but how, how did, how's that going over? I know that, that those folks down there live, eat, and breathe uh, Seminoles football. So how's that going? Uh, you thought Satterfield was in a hot seat. Uh, <laughs> Mike Norvell, after, what, two, three years, about to join Two years. It's only his second season. Yeah, but this is the first time. Florida State has ever lost the FCS program in their history, in the program's history. Mm. And they lost in such the – I mean, if it was a Hail Mary, I think FSU fans can understand losing with the Hail Mary, but not a bomb. It's like five seconds to go. The dude drops back to pass. It's not a Hail Mary. The wide receiver streaking down the sidelines with complete separation and scores a game-winning touchdown with no time left on the clock. The offensive lineman but proposes to his girlfriend. At the same time, the Jacksonville State players are running out on the field with their flag and planted right in the middle of Chief Osceola, right in the middle of the field, right there with the flag and planted it. That's embarrassing, man. 
That's, that's beyond embarrassing. Up the spirit of Bobby Bowden because it's bad in Tallahassee. And, but the good news is, fam, you won 34-7. They beat up uh, Fort Valley State. So good job on the uh, for the Rattlers. So one half of Tallahassee is crying, other half is celebrating. Absolutely, absolutely. So Haven, of course, we got to talk about uh, the, the things that are on everybody's lips right now, and that's the University of Louisville football team, and what are these guys going to do? I, I teased the question right before we went to break, um, so I'm going to open that up to you. Um, you know, with all the consternation, all the anxiety, I wrote about it this week uh, in, in my article, uh, Fear and Loathing in Louisville. Um, is this a must-win for the Cardinals? Uh, what are your thoughts about this matchup on Friday night against UCF? Um, I want to say it is a must. Well, you know what? I was, I was at first. I was going to say it's a must win, but after thinking about it, I think it's a must show improve. Because uh, we did not get the improvement we thought we was going to get against a hapless EKU team, and that team was hapless. I mean, like, make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. Uh, Coastal Carolina, Western Carolina, one of those directional Carolina schools, put up over five hundred yards on EKU, and Louisville's offense could barely put up 178 yards in the first half. So you definitely have to see some sort of improvement, something. You got to see better offensive line play. You got to stop running on second and long like they've done like 11 out of 14 times last week. I mean, you, you got to see something. You got to see wide receivers get involved. You talk about how, how good these wide receivers are. But you have them getting the ball. And when you got them ball with slants and quick passes, they can kind of run without the ball. But you talk about a team that only had, like, last week, Louisville had, like, I believe, like, 28 yards after the catch last week against EKU. That can't happen. I mean, that, that can definitely not happen. And against a more talented, uh, a deeper, and most likely a better coached, should we say, Central Florida team? Uh, yeah. They got to show something. They got to show some type of life, some type of spark. You can't start slow like they've been starting. They got to have energy. They got to have some uh, imaginative play calling, something we haven't seen in a while. And, and Satterfield has to show that he's been here three years. So these are his players in the system. Some of his players got an extra free year because of COVID. Uh, but yet, you know, they have it's his players, it's his system. He's going to have to show that he is able to replace the playmakers that Bobby left him with. Now, Bobby didn't leave him any offensive lineman or defensive lineman. He left the cupboard bare there. But you have three years to recruit defensive linemen. You've had three years to recruit offensive linemen. You had a plethora of running backs and wide receivers, and you had some time to recruit your own wide receivers. No, we have to see that you can uh, you know, replace that talent. You know, you haven't been able to replace Makai Becton. Grand Makai Becton is probably a once-in-a-generation offensive lineman. And during that first year, you ran almost exclusively to his side. But now that he's not here, you know, you haven't replaced that talent. You haven't replaced Tutu Atwell. You haven't replaced Des Fitzpatrick. Who's that next man up? And we just haven't seen that so far. And Scott has to show it. And I think Rail alluded to it earlier. You know, after his flirtations with South Carolina, man, you lost the Cardinal fan base. I mean, I've, I've read all the comments on your article that's up on our website, com. Uh, I wrote the comments on it, and the Cardinal fans are mad. They're, they're heated. They're very upset. They, 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 they want to see something because this is not what you expect after year three. 
I totally agree with you. Now, now, Rel, what do you think? Is this does this go into the must-win category, or do you agree with Haven that it's just a show must improve, not necessarily not win, but just at least improve? This is a must-win and must-win big game. Okay. If you don't win big in this game, then it just shows that your coaching scheme does not work. You cannot coach in a Division One school and have little offensive linemen, little defensive linemen, and you got other teams that got hogs on their offensive line, hogs on their defensive line, and they got monsters in their secondary, they got monsters at the linebacker position, and you come in here and you got kids that look like they just left mail. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's legit. No, I, I totally hey, agree. Facts. No, I, I mean, I and I think that that, you know, we, we talked about the intentionality of, you know, the way it seems like almost Satterfield wanted to keep the team small and wanted to keep them looking the way his pro his teams did at Appalachian State in terms of their size uh, and, and, you know, the guys that he was putting out there. Um, you know, so if you're, but the thing is, if you're going to be small like that, you got to be hungry because we've seen some small teams. I mean, TCU um, has had several teams where they had your, your undersized um, you know, defensive lineman, your undersized offensive lineman, but those guys were nasty. They had aggression. Absolutely. They had aggression. They had hunger. They had all that. I haven't they, seen that. I, I tell you another team that used to have it. The Texas Tech Red Raiders yes. used to have a small squad, but they were aggressive. Yes. But those Texas teams also got bigger once they joined the Big 12. I mean, TC bulked up when they joined the Big 12 because they realized, hey, the competition's bigger, faster, and stronger. We got to match it. Especially over a 12-game schedule. I mean, you, you can, in a one-game sample size against a bigger physical team, you can probably get away with that. But, you know, over the measure of 12 games uh, where you're playing, you know, 11 uh, high major teams, usually you're going to need to, you know, bulk up to be able to stay healthy. So, and, no, I agree And even if you got a smaller squad, then that means that the conditioning and the strength coaching has to be tip-top shape. Your guys have to be faster. They have to be stronger if they're going to be smaller. Yeah, and that's the thing that I didn't understand is that usually if you have a smaller team, it's because they're going to be going faster. They're going to be uber aggressive. You're going to have linemen that are going to be, you know, kick out blocking and really bringing a lot of energy. Same thing with the defensive line. But it seems like Louisville wants to be both slow and small. And that just doesn't, that doesn't work. You can't work the slow, the slow play power game with guys that size. If you're going to have guys that size, you got to play faster or you're going to have to go out and get bigger guys. And uh, Haven, I, I, I will have to agree with Rel. I think this is absolutely a must win. And I said it in the article, not necessarily because Louisville can't go out there and continue to win games. But if Louisville goes out there and loses this game on Friday night, I feel like the negativity of the fan base is going to make it extremely difficult to go out there and put a product on the field that's going to be successful. I just think that if they lose this game, especially after getting embarrassed in the first game of the season on Monday night versus Ole Miss, I don't know how that team bounces back with that, with any sort of energy, with the amount of negativity that's going to be around the program. Fellas, well, you know, I, fellas, I had a conversation with my cousin this week who's a huge Louisville fan, and he says if they go 50%, 500, or however you want to call it. If they go 500, Satterfield will be looking for a new job. I mean, hey, it happened to USC. USC got blown out by Stanford, and that was it. I mean, they pulled a plug Monday. 
you're out of here. I <laughs> say, you know, we'll get to that. Haven, I'm going to put a pin in that because, uh, you know, when we come back from this segment, we're going to bring up that Helton firing because I have a question for you about that. Um, but kind of with, I know you had another just comment about, uh, you know, slow playing it with the small guys. So what, what was going to be your point? Uh, on uh, my, my point was, you know, like you can do slow guys, like you said, with energy, with scheme, uh, with five wide receiver sets and just throwing the ball all around. But you can't, like you said, you can't do a plain slow ball. You can't line them up and start to run somebody over with offensive linemen weighing 260 pounds. Uh, it, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not going to happen. Just, I agree with you. Oh, and, and hey, by the way, our, our, our former producer with the most, uh, Mr. Jerry Hazard, chimed in and says it's time for the coach to pack his pages and hit the road, Jack. <laughs> so Jay thinks <laughs> it's over with. Uh, he doesn't have much faith uh, in, in what uh, what Coach Satterfield is talking about. So, Hey, man, the fire coach Satterfield uh, drumbeat whew, was, was hot and heavy after that first quarter EKU game. Hot and heavy. It's real. I mean, you know, I mean, because you know what, truthfully, um, I just wanted to see something to where at least you didn't give the fans more fodder to talk about. Like, I really felt like against EKU, there was nothing that they were going to do to make the fans feel better, but they could definitely do things to make the fans feel worse. And I feel like that's all they did was make people feel worse. What did you just think about the game itself um, on Saturday. I know you told me about the must win for for this coming game Friday night. What did you think about, you know, Coach Satterfield came out and said that they were really wanting to establish the run and work some things out. It took them till late in the third quarter to have more than 100 rushing yards against a 1AA FCS opponent. What did you think about that game in general? They struggled the whole game. And you can't struggle with EKU. Like last week, I had to listen to Rail and Billy make fun of this team and how EKU was going to beat them. And if it wasn't for special teams plays, uh, some interceptions and turnovers, Louisville wouldn't have scored the whole first half in offense. He would have made like, what, what, one touchdown. I'll hey, think, uh, no, I take that back. That first offensive touchdown, touchdown was in the third quarter. They had one touchdown drive in the first half. They had one yeah. touchdown drive. My, my you cannot have one touchdown drive against EKU. You Listen, can't have it. Hey, oh, hey, my horrible. thing is, when your when your offensive linemen are smaller than their linebackers, it's a problem. It's a big problem, and you know that game should have given Louisville fans hope. You know that should have been an easy forty points going away. Backups in at halftime, or you start seven players out at halftime, an easy win. You should be able to run up and down the field on EKU with no problem, but you struggled to score points, struggled against an EKU team. Like I said, they gave up 500 yards to directional Carolina U. So, no, I mean, that game right there probably did nothing more to Clay Helton, Satterfield, anything else. It was an EKU game. I say bring back the days of when Louisville had strippers for their players. <laughs> They was winning and grinning. <laughs> that attitude, you know, at least at least they have were, the attitude. They were winning and grinning then, you know what I'm saying? So why why fire was working? I mean, it's it's gonna be the, the the apprehension and the fear, like you can cut it with a knife right now. What's gonna happen on this this Friday night? Uh, and Haven, I, I'm gonna, you know, we're we're gonna probably come back and finish off our conversation about a little Central before Florida we head to, wins. Uh, uh, 
Uh, ooh, he's already called it early. Um, you know, when, when we come back, I'm going to ask you um, just a couple other things about Louisville before we move on to other work. But uh, uh, Haven, are you, you're going to hang with us. You ain't going nowhere, right? I'm right here for a long haul. My brother. All right. You are listening to the main event sports show here on the Plug Network. Stay plugged in and we'll be back. And welcome back into the main event sports show. You are watching the main event sports show, not just listening to. Haven, I always, I'm so used to being on the radio. I always want to say you're listening to the main event sports show. I got to get out of that. Bad habit, bad habit. You are watching main event sports live here on on uh, the uh, Plug Network. Um, and Haven, uh, just want to let everybody know. Uh, about Patreon, all the great things that, that folks can do to help support the main event sports show, donations. Kind of tell everybody how they can help us out with Patreon. The way Patreon works is very simple. Become a patron of the show. Join the main event sports show for as little as $3 a month. You can contribute to the main event sports show every month. And that, that means we can hire more writers. We can do more on, on set type stuff. We can increase... Uh, everything we do as far as production-wise, but it, it takes your help to do it. So become a patron. Go to mainofersportshow.com. Click, I want to become a patron. And, and for those $3 a month, become a patron. And what we'll do is to show our support for all, all the patrons who sign up. You'll get every show. We'll have a list of your names scrolling through so everybody can know that you're a big supporter and a member of the Main Event Sports Show family. There it is. There it is. And before we wrap on the football conversation and turn to the basketball side, of the University of Louisville. Um, I kind of wanted to ask you fellas, the keys to the game, uh, Central Florida, uh, you know, is coming in here on a Friday night. Uh, they have a team that with Gus Miles on, that's going to be very similar to some of the things we saw with Ole Miss. Um, what are going to be the keys to victory for you guys? Uh, Real, I'll let you go first on this one. What, what are your keys to the game? What do you need to see for Louisville to get away? The first thing I need to see from them is they need to speed the game up. They have to be faster on offense. They have to really take some shots down the field. They have to be able to sustain drafts. So getting better on third down is something that I need to see from them. What I need, I need to see a stronger running game from them. And I also need to see Malik's receivers have the ability to get open so that he has somebody to throw the ball to so that he doesn't always have to do it with his legs. He can't become an accurate passer if he doesn't have the receivers to pass to. Get open. Hey, Harrington, what do you think? What are your keys to, game, to the game? You know, last year, Louisville got destroyed by teams with power rushing attacks. And unfortunately, the Knights come in with the power back. They got to find a way to slow down that power run. The defensive line is already small. And if they can if they can't get off the field on third down and third and shorts, it's gonna be a long game and they're gonna struggle and the defense is gonna get tired and then it's gonna be over the top action from uh from Central Florida. They got a great quarterback, they got some good wide receivers. Louisville's really gonna to have to take some chances on offense and defense. They're gonna to have to blitz more and on offense, they're gonna to have to uh run some more slants to get the ball out of uh, Malik's hands quickly, let the wide receivers do what they do after the catch, and then take shots downfield. Not like they had before. Last week, they was just throwing the ball downfield just to say they were throwing the ball downfield. But you have to set those long shots up, throw a couple of slants, a couple of quick hooks, a couple of wheel routes, 
play action past them, then hit them over the top. Call some quarterback keepers. Call some quarterback draws. So that way, when you start doing some misdirection, the defense has to respect it. Because right now, the defense isn't respecting it. And, Haven, you talk about it. The two big, long touchdown plays that Louisville had was a tunnel screen to a friend of main event sports show. Justin Marshall takes a tunnel screen, goes 40 yards for a touchdown pass. Then you have the, the quick pass to Amari Huggins-Bruce, 95 yards, unfortunately, tosses the football before he crosses the goal line, unfortunately, you know, and I, I'm sure that his team has given him all kinds of hell about the fact that he dropped that football because he's looking at his, what happened was he's looking at himself on the screen running into the end zone, misjudges how far he is from the end zone and tosses the ball. Rule he was good like two out, yeah. out there. Look at where your feet are before you let go of the football, son. Yes. Please, just run into the end zone, hand the ball to the official. Do the Barry Sanders. Just hand it to the official, then celebrate. Um, uh, did, do you even talk to Huggins, Bruce, about that, Haven, or do you just kind of let that go and just tell him just don't be a knucklehead? No, no, he definitely talked to him about it. He kind of jokingly talked to him about it. And was joking in serious ways. Ha-ha, don't do that again. Type of ways. <laughs> uh, well, my keys to the game are, I totally, I'll just kind of piggyback on what you said. Aggressiveness, aggressiveness, aggressiveness. Louisville has tried for the first two games to use the run to set up the pass. It worked the first two years when you had Dominique uh, or you had uh, uh, Javian Hawkins as the running back. They don't have Javian Hawkins anymore. They are not able to run to set up the pass. It's time to flip flop it. They need to use the pass to set up the run. Get those uh, those linebackers and safeties backed off the line so you're not having to face that eight and nine man front. Then you can run off of those passing plays. But I think that we've seen enough from guys like Josh Johnson, Huggins Bruce, uh, you know, Justin Marshall, uh, Braden Smith. I think Louisville, you know, th their wide receivers have not had a lot of opportunities um, as well as Marshawn Ford. I think they got some playmakers. I, th I think they have some guys that can make some things happen, but they need more opportunity. Um, so I think you just got to be aggressive. You got to go out. Boise State in the first week of the season had a 21-0 lead on uh, Central Florida. Um, they're in Florida, and they did it because they were aggressive. They came out there. They punched UCF in the mouth. They ran out of gas, and unfortunately, their defense fell apart, and you know, UCF comes, you know, has the comeback. And I think that that comeback has really reshaped the way people think about this game and really puts UCF in a different light. Now, if UCF gets blown out at home, then I think that Louisville fans would be feeling pretty good about winning this game. But it's the fact that UCF did have the big comeback, um, you know, to where people are so apprehensive. But I think if Louisville comes out, is aggressive, uses that home crowd, it's a Friday night. Louisville has been known to have big games on weeknights, uh, you know, with everything on the line. They're wearing a combination, black helmets, red jersey, black pants. They've never lost in that jersey combination. So they're bringing out all the good luck they can, fellas. So, you know, I, I think that's what we need to see. Of course, we'll, we'll have our picks uh, before the end of the show. Um, but, you know, I think that's going to be their keys to victory. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But flipping that um, over to the basketball side of the street, um, it's going down. Louisville Live is back. It's no longer at 4th Street Live. Um, this time they're going to be at historic Churchill Downs. Uh, Chris Mack and his edition of the men's Cardinal program, Jeff Walls and his ladies will be out there performing for uh, the fans. 
you know, and, and the paying customers. Yes, you do. It's not free this year. You got to pay the $10 cover charge to get in the door. Um, but it's going to be a, an amazing site. Haven, what do you think about having Louisville Live at Churchill Downs? Yeah, horses and, and basket. What is it? Horses and hoops. Do you like it? I love it. I mean, I think it's a great combination. I wish it was still free. Uh, but I understand being at Churchill Downs, odds of being free were at that point were zero. Uh, but but it still would be nice to be free for the fans to kind of come out there and hang out. But I mean, Churchill Downs, night racing, basketball. I mean, it doesn't get better than this. This is like doing everything you can to bring all the mojo that Louisville has to offer together to try to kind of turn that narrative around on the team. So I'm 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 really excited to see uh to, to see what happens. What stars show up? You know, will uh Louisville's own Jack Harlow be out there maybe from his uh. Debuted the Met, where he slide on through for a quick second and pop off some Louisville gear and then pop out out. Yeah, you never know. Hey, Montrez Harrell tweeted out that he will be in attendance. His his disassociation with the University of Louisville is over with. He can now be recognized by the University of Louisville. He said he is going to be in the house. So if Trez is going to be here, I have a feeling that it's going to be a star-studded event. I just want to see somebody dunk over a horse. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just run, jump over the horse, and just dunk it, you know, on some Blake Griffin type stuff. <laughs> hey, if somebody jumps over a horse and dunks a basketball, that would be the most amazing thing ever. Maybe a pony. Get, get one of those, you know, get one of those little mini horses out there. Man, but I feel like, honestly, I feel like Chris Mack is kind of like in the same boat that Satterfield's in. If you don't win this season, you know, any, any, any anything less than the Elite Eight, Ooh. You in the hot seat. Ooh. Well, you know what? They, they are similar in, in one respect. Satterfield has had a, a problem recruiting quarterbacks since he's been here. You know, all the big-name quarterbacks we thought we had, Chubba Purdy and other guys, at the last second left. Mac has had issues trying to get guards to commit and stay here. So, I mean, he's, he's done a really good job of getting transfers but getting guys out of high school has kind of eluded them. So it'd be interesting to see. But I think Mac is in a better position than Satterfield's in, a much, much better position with Satterfield's in uh, as far as with the fan base. But his leash may be short, too. Hey, you know, when you talk about uh, guards, I thought it was interesting. They have a 6'6 shooting guard prospect out of California, the number three player in the state of California, Dusty Stromer. Uh, I, I like the name. Uh, I'll be very interested to see, uh, you know, the recruits come out. Louisville Live is always a huge, huge uh, impact uh, situation when in terms of recruiting for Louisville uh, over the first couple of years. Um, Caleb, uh, Caleb Glenn, uh, the standout from Louisville Mail High School, uh, will be there. Um, Deontay Davis, uh, the, uh, the uh, commit uh, for University of Louisville from the class of 2023, he will be there as well. Um, there's going to be a ton of prospects. Rodney Rice. Um, is going to be there. Virginia prospect, one of the best um, shooting guards in the country, will be there. Hey, um, Rodney got a he got a serious jumper. Hey, hey, I, I've heard that Rodney Rice might be the best shooter in his class, possibly. Uh, they said Stromer is in that conversation as well. Um, so you know, you're talking about some of the best players in the country. Chris Mack is trying to put his best foot forward. He's still dealing with, uh, you know, all the issues and situations now that we have uh, another um, extortion scandal and everything else. But this is an opportunity to have some positive light around the program. So Definitely. Um, I I'll be very interested to see what happens. They're going to have the dunk contest. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to play knockout or they're going to have some sort of shooting contest. 
um, you know, and, and plenty of things for the fans. They said they're going to really do it up, especially because the fans had to pay to get in this year where it had been free in previous years. I think Louisville's going to try to do some giveaways and have some entertainment. Um, so there's going to be a lot associated with it. So make sure you guys get out there. Louisville plays on Friday night. Um, versus UCF, so you have no excuses not to get out there on Saturday afternoon, evening uh, for Louisville Live. So be I cannot wait. We in the building. We're gonna be there. I, I can't. I cannot wait. Hoops, hoops and horses. Horses and hoops is going down Saturday night here in the Ville. Churchill Downs. Once again, you are watching the main event sports show here. Rashawn Terrell Haven. Uh, it's going down. I cannot wait. I'm so anxious. For this football game, but we got plenty more to get into. We got to get into pro football as well. Um, you are listening to the main event sports show on the plug network. Stay plugged in. And welcome back into the main event sports show. We are back for one last segment, taking you up to the top of the hour. Uh, as we get ready for football Thursday night, we got mm. you at, who, who's on uh, Monday, uh, Thursday night football tonight? Uh, the dead, the dead team and the Giants. The dead team, the the <laughs> Washington football team and New York Giants and the Fighting Daniel Joneses are going down tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a reason I didn't put that on our uh, on our sheet to talk about tonight, man. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> hey, whatever. It, it is football. It's going to be pretty good this year. I think Chase Young is going to lead that team back to the playoffs. I think they may actually he win wears a playoff game tops. <laughs> Hey, you know what? When you got the abs like that, man, you can get away with it. That's why I never talk about your boy. Uh, what's his name? Zeke. Zeke wanted to uh, wear the halter top uh, tuxedo. We, we <laughs> I can't new, hate on we it. We need a new running back. <laughs> I'm serious because he is not the same no more. <laughs> wow. That's, well, that's kind of harsh, man. Ain't it rough? That's hey, I'm rough. just honest, man. We knew when it was time to let Emmett go, too. I mean, is, is it Zeke's not the same, or is it the way they're calling offensive plays? Zeke's not the same. Because, see, the old Zeke used to bust through that hole. Get him five, six yards, even when you weren't supposed to have two. This Zeke right here, as soon as you touch him, oh. <laughs> hey, that shelf life on these running backs, man. They're, everybody ain't built like Frank Gore. You know, can't do it for like 18 years. Dirt and sprouts. <laughs> you know what I mean? You it for like five foot nothing, just balling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but before we complete sw completely switch over to the program, um, you know, we got, Haven, we got to give a shout out. University of Kentucky got it done at home, knocked off Missouri. Um, Impressive game. Yeah, hey, looked good, didn't they? Man, the offense, they, they, they got a trigger, man. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky. Kentucky's always want to trigger, man, and they got running backs and the the, the blue wall, the offensive line, and at the number one, I think they had a number one offensive line recruit in the country at their game yes uh, last Saturday. So yeah. So yeah, Kentucky is Kentucky's ball. I have to give them credit, Kentucky's balling. I mean, they Kentucky look Kentucky is the best team in Kentucky. Hey, you know what? I, I said yeah. that I, I I don't think Louisville definitely should be glad that they're not playing Kentucky. Uh, you know, anytime soon. If they played them next week, Kentucky would win by four touchdowns. Like, I don't know. I, I can't say. I, I mean, I don't care. I can't speak to the end of the year, but definitely this is a year where it would not have behooved L to play Kentucky first game because they would have got ran off the field. Uh, like the last two years we played Kentucky. <laughs> we got yeah. ran off the field. So, yeah, so no, it's like I, year three. 
They better they better figure something out or, or uh Satterfield's gonna be going to the midfield getting mad because they showed L's down the whole game again. And we all remember how that, that worked out the last time. It just made him look extremely whiny. Haven hated that. <laughs> it looks so sad. He looks so sad complaining. Man, you doing you the L's down. <laughs> Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But enough about Kentucky. They play Chattanooga this week. They're not even in our pick segment. They're going to destroy uh, the moccasins. And their record will be what? 3-0? 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. So, I mean, that's, that's a good start. Um, you know, with only a couple of non-conference games left, they'll get into the heart of the SEC schedule. And they're a team that right now looks like they, you know, depending on what happens uh, with this Florida-Alabama game, you know, Kentucky may be one of the two or three best teams in the East. Like, literally. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That's, that is insane. It's not crazy. That is, that, that is a, from where Kentucky football has come, um, you know, I can't hate. Stoops is, is doing a good job. Now, of course, he's letting his players run wild and slap girls around and do all types of other things. But, you know. And his coaching staff. They're winning, yeah. So. Hey, hey, man, same thing with Ben Roethlisberger. When he goes wild, he wins. <laughs> Hey, they have this, the swag. that They carry themselves like a, a rogue football team on and off the field. Like the Raiders from the 70s. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, oh, wow. hey, it's working for them. And you know what? As long as they're winning, no one's going to care. Now, you start losing, then all those things matter. Uh, but as long as they're winning, they're good to go. But flipping it over to the NFL, uh, um, yeah. you know, I, I guess. Flip it to the NFL. Yes. Let's talk about. Who we would, who, who do you think, Haven, is going to win this UFC Louisville game? Go to the straight to the pick. Okay, go that. straight to the picks. UCF Louisville. Louisville comes in as a nine-point dogs to the Central Florida Golden Knights, and I think that's actually going to be true to form. Uh, I, I, man, after EKU showing, I like most Louisville fans. Uh, man, I've. I was on a Satterfield train that first year, year and a half. Yeah, I, I'm off. I'm, 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 I'm getting out the station right now on that dude. He deuces. I don't see Louisville pulling it out against Central Florida. I think they give it a good go. But he hasn't shown me anything that should have given me hope that they can beat a, a decently coached team with depth, with, with, with equal depth and talent. So Central Florida it is. You know, I, I have gone back and forth on this game, and the biggest reason why is because I watched that whole Central Florida game week one, and I don't necessarily buy into the fact that Central Florida is ready yet. I think that Boise State is an okay team, uh, but, you know, coming across the country, playing Central Florida at home and taking it to Central Florida the way that they did um, really gave me hope that Louisville would be able to just go out there and out-talent. Um, UCF. I still think that's the case. Um, I think that Central Florida does have a bit of an advantage at quarterback, um, but I think they have learned the lessons that are required to get it done. So you know what? I'm going to go ahead one last time, and I'm going to say Louisville squeaks out a victory, and I'm talking about by the most narrow of margins. I'm going to go 27-24 Cardinals. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game like the uh, Ole Miss game was because I just don't think Central Florida's talent is good enough to take advantage from what I saw against Boise State. So give me 27-24 Cardinals. Well, I, I say this. 
I think Central Florida's going to pound them until they're tired. They're going to pound them with that running game until they're tired, and then they're going to start airing it out. 31-17, Central Florida. There it is. Mm. Hey, he said that with conviction, too. That's why he wanted to get straight to the picks, Haven. Let me put some bass in his voice on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <Central> Florida. <laughs> Now let's get into these NFL picks. Well, 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 hold on. Let's let's get this. We got one more college, or excuse me, two more college games that, that we have on our on our pick segment. So let's hit them first. We have the showdown um, in the SEC: Alabama at Florida. Alabama, Alabama, easy. Haven, what say you? Man, you know I watched Florida play last week since I was down here. Their quarter, starting quarterback, destroys uh, South Florida. But he came up gimpy at the end. Uh, he was running like an 87 yard touchdown run. And at the very end, it's like he tweaked his hamstring. If you're not, a, they say he's 100%, they say he's ready to go. Man, but you got to be like a thousand percent to take on Alabama because they just like, God bless. It's like they just don't quit. They just like keep coming. Alabama by 14. I don't see anybody stopping at Alabama this year. It's like, it's like the Death Star. It's, those dudes are just crazy. They're like a prep NFL team. Like, all their dudes are NFL players. Like, they have so many NFL players, I forget guys that play there. I forgot, I didn't even realize that Marlon Humphrey played at Alabama. It's like they have so many pros that you're like, oh, he played at Bama too? It's just like ridiculous. the D League of the NFL. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, give me Alabama. Dan Mullen, I love you. You know, you're trying to get it going, but it's not going to matter. Uh, Alabama's going to win by about four touchdowns, man. I, I just. Until, you know, uh, until somebody can beat the champ, I'm not picking against Bama. So, uh, give me Alabama and a laugher. Uh, last one, uh, Auburn at Penn State. Auburn from the all-powerful SEC going on the road to play their biggest competition uh, from any other conference in the Big Ten, Happy Valley, uh, the fighting James Franklins. Uh, well, what do you think about this one, Abel? We'll let you start this one. Man, Happy Valley is going to be a rocking and a rolling. It's going to be two, like, uh, a Big Ten, kind of a slow-pounding, methodical team at Penn State going against the Auburn team. It tries to be up-tempo, but they didn't look like the Auburn of old last week. They showed uh, some, some weaknesses so far this season. <sighs> Penn State is favored by, by, uh, by Vegas. <sighs> I'm going to go with Penn State. I like it. I, I'll go second on this one. Um, so for me, Auburn sucks. I don't think Auburn's that good right now. I think that they're they're rebuilding after uh, Malzahn loses his job. I think they're in kind of a rebuilding mode. And I've heard that James Franklin is extremely interested in the now Heltonless USC job out there in California. Everybody's interested. So uh, from what I've heard, James Franklin might be on that short list. So he's going to want to come out and put his best foot forward. Give me Penn State by at least three touchdowns in Happy Valley. I Whoa! Think I think 42-21. I think they're going to come out and try to lay the woodshed, and Franklin's going to try to cash that big check with the USC Trojans. <laughs> I think you're both wrong. Oh! I think you're both wrong. I think Auburn's going to go out and right the ship, and they're going to win 24-21. to Hey, there we go. Going on the hey, road. So I'm talking about right there. I love it. I love it. 
All right, now flipping over to the NFL. We got a couple of picks there, but um, before we get there, um, just thoughts on the week. A couple of Louisville quarterbacks, one victorious, one lost, unfortunately. Teddy Bridgewater in his debut for the uh, Broncos um, oh. looked outstanding as the Broncos roll. Um, Haven, what do you think about Teddy uh, Teddy Two Gloves' uh, performance there in Week One? Hey, man, Teddy has made a whole bunch of folks in Mount High happy. I mean, they, I mean, his first game was it was almost flawless. He yeah. threw uh, great passes, had some great downfield throws, able to uh, have great ball control, able to move the pocket around, escape some pressure, very accurate throws. Like everything we saw here at Louisville was on display his first game in Denver. As a Raiders fan, I've hated the Broncos and the Chiefs and the Chargers my whole life. And for whatever reason, my Louisville <laughs> guys whole keep, life, though. Uh, my Louisville guys keep finding ways onto these AFC West rosters, man. And now I got a cheer for Teddy Bridgewater playing for the damn Broncos. <laughs> but Teddy looked good. Uh, you know, I, I, Jerry Judy got hurt, but I've heard that he will be back in three or four weeks, which is awesome. Uh, for Teddy, he's going to get his primary weapon back. So it looks like we're actually going to get this showdown between Teddy Bridgewater and Lamar Jackson in a few weeks. So I'm, I'm very excited. Lamar can stop fumbling. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, hey, uh, Rail, Lamar Jackson was not so lucky. Monday Night Football, the Raiders get the win. I heard you may have uh, made a little change off that victory by uh, my Raiders. What did you think about Monday night? And, is, uh, you it, know, Lamar is going to be okay. It was definitely, it was definitely a great game. Yeah. Definitely a great OT. game. OT. Definitely a great game. You know, Lamar played well, you know, minus the uh, loss of plenty running backs. All, and, all of them. <laughs> you know, defensive players. So, you know, to be able to do that, you know what I'm saying? It, it all worked out that you still had a fighting chance at the end. Put up 27 points on the road. Uh, they were know, without... two fumbles away from winning that game. Unbelievable. I mean, just the fact that they were able to still go for 200 yards rushing without being able to use their primary weapon, the read option. To me, that's no, probably no. the biggest thing that is, a, if, if you're no, no, a Ravens no. fan, you got to like. The biggest let's, thing to me was the Raiders the having the ball first and goal at the one-inch line and still found a way. To turn it over. Only my team can do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got less than a minute. Let's go ahead and get these two picks in. Chiefs versus Ravens. I'll go first. Um, I think that the, the uh, Ravens are going to get it together. It will not be this week. Give me the Chiefs uh, 42-35. I take the Chiefs. There we go. Haven? Hey, give me the Chiefs. And last but not least, Saints at Carolina Panthers. Can the Panthers keep it going in the week two? You know what? Famous Jameis with the crab legs for the win. Saints. Man, give me the fighting Jameis's. You know what? I think Carolina Panthers are going to get it done. I think he, uh, Luke, uh, or not Luke McCaffrey, the other McCaffrey boy, the running back. I think he's going to get it done. Um, I think Come Carolina. On, Christian. Christian, thank you. Christian from McCaffrey is going to get it done. Uh, you know what, fellas? Time flies when you're having fun. A great show. Haven Harrington, please be safe down there. Give your family all our love. Appreciate you. This is the main event sports show for Rashawn. Rail, like, like we always say, Haven. Without any struggle. There is no progress. Peace. Peace, y'all. Thanks for watching the Plug Network. Stay plugged in, y'all.